Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, they say that laughter is the best medicine, but I wanted to find out for myself. Humor and comedy is a part of everyday life here in Newfoundland and Labrador, so if there's any place to find more about it, it's right here. Believe it or not, when I started to learn more, I realized that there's actually a ton of science around it. So today, we're going to get to the bottom of it all. We're going to start the show by learning from my colleague at Memorial University, Dr. Michelle Plowman. Now, she's a researcher and a professor in the Faculty of Medicine at Memorial, and she does research in neurology, physiotherapy, and rehabilitation. Now, she was able to explain, using an experiment, how the brain responds to laughter. The only problem is, I'm not that funny. So I called in my friends from the Best Kind Comedy Tour, Brian Aylward, Mike Lynch, and Colin Hollett, to participate in the experiment. After the experiment, we're going to go talk with the one and only Mary Walsh about her incredible career in comedy and how she feels laughter and comedy is something that's actually valued here in our province. Finally, we finish with a visit to Ohm in Burlington and a lesson in laughter with Sean Majumder. It's an action-packed episode, so let's learn more about laughter and how it's good for our health. Laughter is the feel-good medicine, so when you laugh and enjoy comedy, you have a release of endorphins. It affects your chemicals in your brain, activates the nervous system such that uh, stimulates neuroplasticity, neurons, so all of that is good for brain health. So when you're looking at things, because a lot of what you do is you actually look at the brain, what yep. happens to us when we start to laugh? Well, the movement, you have to think about the movement of laughter, ha ha, the mouth moves, the throat moves. So of course the motor cortex, which is a little strip on the side of your brain, that will light up because it controls the motor movement. But that's not really what you mean. Mm -hmm. When you feel laugh, an infectious laugh, you should see activation of emotional parts of your brain, the executive function, the thinking parts of your brain. So if, if laughter is truly infectious, it should not just be the motor systems, it's the entire system should light up. So really, laughter is good for us? Laughter is absolutely good for your brain. So we can actually measure this today, right? We can do an experiment? We absolutely can. We use a technique called functional near-infrared spectroscopy. It's a mouthful, but we say F-nears. And you use a cap, you place it on your head, and there's little lights called optodes. And they measure the oxygen in the blood in your brain. So when you use your, that section of your brain, we should see the map light up to tell us that there's activity there. So theoretically, we can test whether laughter is just the motor movement of laughter or if it actually excites all the emotion and cognitive aspects of the brain. Um, but you have to be funny. Right. I was kind of afraid you were going to say that because I'm not that funny, but I did call some buddies who are hilarious that are going to join us today, and I think that they just got here, actually. <laughs> In order to get the results we were looking for, we needed a test subject to tell some jokes, and I knew it wasn't going to be me. It just so happens I know some pretty best kind guys that are good at comedy. And it turns out that not only is Colin a great comedian, but he's also a really good guinea pig. We hooked Colin up to the FNIR machine and right away we could see that when he laughs, his brain went bright red. Now when it was green, it meant the brain was at rest. All that was left now was to see if we could light him up. And I went first. Okay, ready? <clears throat> What's brown and sticky? A brown stick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best uh, one. I, I, so I will, the garlic, the brown stick. Being told to not laugh is way harder. It's so hard to not laugh when you're told not to laugh. You know what I mean? Your parents are going to be so proud when they see you. Zero <laughs> <laughs> well, Marie. Zero, uh, look at this. <laughs> It was almost as though laughter was contagious. Now I'm sure all of our brains were lighting up, but I'm glad Brian and Mike were there to help keep Colin laughing. Some of my jokes fell flat, but they were saved by the guys. Why do melons have to have weddings? Because they cantaloupe. <laughs> he went there. Seventy-four jelly beans. <laughs> 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 
fucking stupid. <laughs> my face hurts right now. This is like a burn in my cheeks. <laughs> okay, so being funny and being on stage and making people laugh is is good for them. But like, what do you guys get out of it? Our brain probably lights up like that. I'm sure when we're on stage. Yeah. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All that laughter coming your way. Yeah. Then you're laughing with them. Yeah. Everyone's brain looks like mine, if you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so most of my jokes fell flat, but before long, we all found ourselves laughing, which was really the whole point. I learned that laughter isn't just about telling jokes, it's about having a sense of humor. It wasn't what they said, but how they said it. It turns out being funny goes a lot deeper than I expected. So it's no surprise that the best kind comedy guys basically broke the brain scanner. Just being in the room with them, I couldn't stop laughing. So are some people just born funny or can it be learned? And how does that lead to a career in comedy? When it comes to comedy in Canada, Newfoundland like abounds, like we are everywhere in comedy, right? Like, yes, yeah. but Canadians are funny. Let's not forget yeah. that. Okay, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like uh, come from away. It's like the guy in Gander said, what did they think we were going to do? Let him starve to death. Yeah. And then the, no Newfoundlander would ever make a, a, a musical about that because it just seems so normal. Yeah. And when you think about it, when they, the Blitz was happening in Great Britain, even when they had that dark thing in Toronto, everybody came together. That's mm -hmm. human nature. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we are just a little bit more human maybe we are maybe we aren't maybe we're just like everyone else mm -hmm. but i know that in toronto humor is not seen as worth anything really you know what i mean it isn't mm -hmm. like if you're funny who cares you know like it's not but with newfoundlanders like it was expected and the people who got all the attention and all the food yep. and got to sleep inside and everything uh, were funny, right? So you knew that it was like coin of the realm. Yeah. You know, it was something yeah. you had to develop. And actually, when I got in Codco, I, you know, I'm pretty well the least funny person in my family. Like, uh, you know, like everybody in my family does the, uh, what's wrong with you, boy, Mike? I'm only giving you a hard time. And to which my response would be, uh, well, that is what is wrong with me, I guess. You are giving me a hard time and I can't take it. Uh, so I was always the, you know, like yeah. I'm like a bear, yeah. a bait it. Yeah. And that's not, uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to be much cooler than that, right? You're supposed yeah. to be able to dish it out and take it. I can. Yeah. Dish it out, yeah. but cannot, in fact, You, take you probably it. got good at reflexively giving it back because you did become extremely funny. Like, you've had a really interesting career. You've done lots of different things. Like, what are some of the highlights that you've had, like, as you've gone along? Oh, boy. Um, uh, you know, I... I uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm in that kind of space where I think the highlights are just coming. I think that uh, certainly those first couple of years of doing this hour is 22 minutes mm -hmm. when we'd have nothing on Monday and we'd do a live show on Friday and then it would go on the, on the national network on Monday. Yeah. Just getting through that, I mean, like it wasn't like fun, what you call fun. Yeah. Uh, all the, me and Rick and Kathy and Greg, and we didn't have any writers then. Now there's about a thousand writers, but we didn't have any writers that yeah. first year. And so that was pretty, we only have one wig. Yeah. Uh, a blonde wig. Uh, I don't know how we got through that first year. First, we were only supposed to do six, and then the CBC ordered uh, a full season. Yeah. So those are all high points. And then being on the cover of McLean's, but it didn't feel like a high point because I had that kind of thing. I thought, oh, I'm on the cover of McLean's, but when am I going to be on the cover of Time? You know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> a vaunting higher. ambition. Yeah. And, yeah. and so there's not a lot of joy in that, you know, because yeah. you're, never, you're never reaching anything. You know, you're never going... You know, they say uh, you'll get what you want when you want what you get. Okay, yeah. And I, I'm trying to embrace that more in my life. And I must say, it's a much happier existence. Yeah. You know, and I find getting older is happier, too, because you're finally getting kind of comfortable with yourself, you mm -hmm. know? Like, mm -hmm. uh, I think old age gets a, a... I know being sick and being not having enough money and, you know... Uh, there's lots of terrible things that can happen. But so far for me, knock on wood, and I can only speak for myself and just for today, I find getting old so much better than being mm -hmm. young. You said, you said something that's like of enjoying it even more now. Like yeah. what, what do you get out of making people laugh and being funny or, and working in, in the industry? Wow, I, I uh, 
You know, there's times that I don't know, it's all I know how to do, and I wouldn't know how to do anything else. And I love the camaraderie. You know, we just finished The Mrs. Downstairs, and we had this mm. fabulous crew, and Dave Sullivan is so funny and so great to work with, and Andy Jones worked with us this year, and Renee Hackett. So, uh, you know, they were so brilliant, and uh, Troy Mahar is a young shooter here. Mm -hmm. It's not shooter, like mm -hmm. that kind of shooter. Yeah, yeah. Camera and he's shooter. brilliant. And, you know, and the 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 lighting people, the design, Anne uh, Christensen is, is our designer. But it's just that all that working together, that, I love that. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I like also time alone now. I like mm. to be alone. Uh, I like to have, you know, um, what's that called? Quiet time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not isolation, but um, it begins with an S, but I forget what it is now. Mm. But I like that. I mm -hmm. like that very much. Yeah, and you've yeah. done it. You've been part of a whole bunch of different things, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if somebody wants to add more humor into their life and they just aren't, like, you're, you're amazing what you do. You're hilarious. You've probably been funny your whole life and been involved in sort of like being in the mix. But if it's good for people, then how can they add it into their life? I was severely depressed, situationally depressed, yeah. because uh, someone broke up with me. It was really horrible. This was a long time ago. But I couldn't watch anything on TV because everything had emotion in it. Yeah. And it was just like I would just be crying all the time. And, uh, and I could only watch Faulty Towers <laughs> because it is just funny. And yeah. maybe it isn't politically correct. But there are shows out there like Faulty Towers that are just funny. Mm -hmm. And if you need a lift, you know, like, or you could watch Monty Python, some of them, the best of them, oh. like The Dead Parrot. Like, there's no emotional involvement. You're not going to get caught up thinking, oh, look at them, they're so happy. <laughs> I'm so miserable. It's just funny, right? Yeah. And they just bring that humor to you, and uh, it helps. It really yeah. helps. You watch The Holy Grail, and they're, they're doing the horse with the coconuts, yeah, and then yeah, they argue yeah. about how the coconut got there. I love that. I know. Oh. All, of, all of their work, really, mm -hmm is just goes for the joke, right? Yeah, right? And and it just lifts you up that way. Because if you are feeling you know, like I was then, like sort of situationally depressed, I couldn't engage on an emotional level. I yeah. couldn't be watching people. I couldn't watch rom-coms or Christmas movies or people finding, you know, their path forward or anything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's well that's that's something people can do and they can access that yeah. around uh, people. So when you think about some of the things that you you were really funny in, a lot of those embrace the culture here and they haven't that's been the case for a lot of other comedians and people from here. Like, how does the Newfoundland culture kind of, why is it so funny? Like, when we talk about the things that happen to us day to day here. Um, I think that people are brought up in that way. And so everybody grows up with the notion that you're supposed to see the funny side of things. But I saw this thing on Jerry, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Comedians in Cars. And they were talking about comedians being such good actors. and. They were both agreeing that so many comedians are such great actors and it's all timing and stuff like that. And the guy said, but you know what? Actors can't really be comedians. Mm. And he said, because comedians got this little thing in their head where they see the funny side of things, mm. right? And it's like it's, you can't learn it. You just, it just is. And we seem to, as a culture, have that. Do you think having that in our head helps us when we're in those states when we are maybe down and then we turn on comedy and we see it and then it resonates with us and brings us out of that? Is, do you think that's the mechanism? I, I do. Certainly for me, that works for sure. I mean, you know, and I, uh, sometimes I just, sometimes I think that it is a, a terrible thing that we put in between ourselves and our feelings. But sometimes you need a little respite from your feelings, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. your feelings are too deep and too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And comedy, you know, having that little thing in your head or being part of a culture where comedy is not seen as something that could just be thrown away, but it is something that is, uh, you know, held high. And people, uh, you know, uh, have a lot of respect for it mm -hmm. and a lot of time for it. So it's nice to be part of that, you yeah. know? Well, it's nice to be a little silly. Sean made me do some silly stuff, and it was good. It felt in my comfort zone. You can't help but laugh. You know, so being silly, I can I can see that. Now, yeah. there's people that are professionally silly, okay? Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and are in the arts and are, are really funny, but what advice would you have for somebody that might be watching that's like the next generation of comics coming out of the, out of the province? Well, I'll tell you what worked 
seems to work, and I mean, this is, uh, you know, I haven't done any, uh, I haven't got my PhD or anything in this, and so I'm only going on, um, I'm only going on, on learned experience, but, um, you know, if you look at Mark Critch was part of a, a sketch comedy troupe called um, Cat Food. Johnny Harris and Steve Cochran were part of a comedy troupe called uh, 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 Newfoundland Dance Party. Mm -hmm. I was, myself and all the Codco people, we were part of Codco. Mm -hmm. uh, Rick Mercer was part of um, Corey and Wade's Playhouse. So mm -hmm. it seems like it'd be good to get yourself a crowd mm -hmm. and do a bit of sketch comedy. And there do seem to be people coming up. There's uh, Bamus and Half Handsome mm -hmm. and Turnip. There, there does, we do seem to come together in that way. Mm -hmm. And in, in some, sometimes everybody comes out mm -hmm. ahead. You know, it, it, there are other things involved besides being funny, I guess. You gotta yeah. be persistent, I guess, That's or true. wanted. Everybody does want it. Yeah, I mean, and it's like luck is preparation plus opportunity. There's also that, you know, that luck factor to it, to a degree. Yeah. But you listed a lot of, uh, of people there. I noticed there was a lot of guys' names, but you know, was it was it a challenge being a woman in the field? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, as a woman, and this is my generation, and possibly not true now, but, you know, when I was young, back before the earth hardened, mm -hmm. um, y your role <laughs> was very clearly defined and it was that you were supposed to support men. Mm -hmm. And if you got in a group, then it was like, you know, you your job was supposed to be to get in behind and play the girl or the nurse or, you know, someone mm -hmm. who was, an, uh, you know, affixed to the main character, right? Mm -hmm. But I was pushed, you know, like um, <laughs> we did a movie, or rather Andy and his brother Michael did a movie called Faustus Bidgood. I was involved in it a lot. And it was the 50th anniversary of that movie, and a guy came to interview me about it, and he went, oh, what are your best memories? I went, well, I don't really have any best memories, because I thought, why aren't I in that movie more? And I just spent all my time going, you know, I should be in that movie more. Like, I wrote a lot of that movie. Why aren't I, why am I the girlfriend? You know, yeah. why can't I be a, and, um, and, you know, it was like, so I had that. I don't know why, you know, but, but I did what happened to be lucky enough to get in on the second wave of, feminism, mm -hmm. and I had a very strong mother who basically should have been running IBM, but tragically just ran us. Uh, and uh, so it was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so I wanted, uh, you know, that vaunting ambition thing, which is a curse and a, mm -hmm. a gift. Mm -hmm. um, a lady said to me the other day, she said, you know, in my darkest time, I just watch, uh, you know, uh, your stuff, mm -hmm. and it makes me be able to get through it. I thought, oh my God, nobody has ever said, I mean, no, people have said that lots of times, but it takes a long, you need to hear it about a billion times before you ever believe it, because I'm still out there fighting to get in, mm -hmm. like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, and I possibly should maybe turn the page on that and yeah. be all right. You know, I'm really glad you could share that with us today. I mean, any any sort of last advice you have for folks that might be listening and being like, you know, like, I, I need to add more humor in to day-to-day -day life. Ah. Well, you know, um, people are really enjoying Son of a Critch. And, uh, you know, people could watch old uh, old Codco stuff for a laugh, too. Yeah. And uh, Kids in the Hall are back on. I know. I mean, I think that uh, adding a dose of humor, you know, there's there's room for more humor, I think. Yeah. And, and, and maybe not taking humor so seriously. I mean, it's put out there to... Uh, to entertain, to open up to another point of view. And it isn't necessarily your point of view, but take what you need and leave the rest. Well, that's the one and only Mary Walsh. When we come back, we'll track down Sean Majumder at his home in Burlington. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, they say that laughter is the best medicine but I wanted to find out for myself. Humor and comedy is a part of everyday life here in Newfoundland and Labrador, so if there's any place to find more about it, it's right here. Believe it or not, when I started to learn more, I realized that there's actually a ton of science around it. So today, we're gonna get to the bottom of it all. We're gonna start the show by learning from my colleague at Memorial University, Dr. Michelle Plowman. Now she's a researcher and a professor in the Faculty of Medicine at Memorial, and she does research in neurology, physiotherapy, and rehabilitation. Now, she was able to explain, using an experiment, how the brain responds to laughter. The only problem is, I'm not that funny. So, I called in my friends from the Best Kind Comedy Tour, Brian Aylward, Mike Lynch, and Colin Hollett, to participate in the experiment. After the experiment, we're going to go talk with the one and only Mary Walsh about her incredible career in comedy. 
and how she feels laughter and comedy is something that's actually valued here in our province. Finally, we finish with a visit to Ohm in Burlington and a lesson in laughter with Sean Majumder. It's an action-packed episode, so let's learn more about laughter and how it's good for our health. Laughter is the feel-good medicine. So when you laugh and enjoy comedy, you have a release of endorphins. It affects your chemicals in your brain, activates the nervous system such that uh, stimulates neuroplasticity, neurons. So all of that is good for brain health. So when you're looking at things, because a lot of what you do is you actually look at the brain, what yep. happens to us when we start to laugh? Well, the movement, you have to think about the movement of laughter, ha ha, the mouth moves, the throat moves. So of course the motor cortex, which is a little strip on the side of your brain, that will light up because it controls the motor movement. But that's not really what you mean. Mm -hmm. When you feel laugh, an infectious laugh, you should see activation of emotional parts of your brain, the executive function, the thinking parts of your brain. So if, if laughter is truly infectious, it should not just be the motor systems, it's the entire system should light up. So really, laughter is good for us? Laughter is absolutely good for your brain. So we can actually measure this today, right? We can do an experiment? We absolutely can. We use a technique called functional near-infrared spectroscopy. It's a mouthful, but we say FNIRs. And you use a cap, you place it on your head, and there's little lights called optodes. And they measure the oxygen in the blood in your brain. So when you use your, that section of your brain, we should see the map light up to tell us that there's activity there. Right. So theoretically, we can test whether laughter is just the motor movement of laughter or if it actually excites all the emotion and cognitive aspects of the brain. Um, but you have to be funny. Right. I was kind of afraid you were going to say that because I'm not that funny, but I did call some buddies who are hilarious that are going to join us today, and I think that they just got here, actually. <laughs> In order to get the results we were looking for, we needed a test subject to tell some jokes, and I knew it wasn't gonna be me. It just so happens I know some pretty best kind guys that are good at comedy. And it turns out that not only is Colin a great comedian, but he's also a really good guinea pig. We hooked Colin up to the FNIR machine, and right away we could see that when he laughs, his brain went bright red. Now when it was green, it meant the brain was at rest. All that was left now was to see if we could light him up, and I went first. Okay, ready? <clears throat> What's Brown and sticky. A brown stick. Yes. <laughs> that was my best uh, one. I, I, so I will, uh, 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 <laughs> Being told to not laugh is way harder. It's so hard to not laugh when you're told not to laugh. You know what I mean? Your parents are going to be so proud when they see you. <laughs> It was almost as though laughter was contagious. Now I'm sure all of our brains were lighting up, but I'm glad Brian and Mike were there to help keep Colin laughing. Some of my jokes fell flat, but they were saved by the guys. Why do melons have to have weddings? It's a cantaloupe. <laughs> he went there. Seventy four jelly beans. <laughs> oh man, it's too stupid. My face hurts right now. This is it's like a burn in my cheeks. Okay, so being funny and being on stage and making people laugh is is good for them. But like, what do you guys get out of it? Our brain probably lights up like that, I'm sure, when we're on stage. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All that laughter coming your way. Yeah. Then you're laughing with them. Yeah. Everyone's brain looks like mine, if you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so most of my jokes fell flat, but before long we all found ourselves laughing, which was really the whole point. I learned that laughter isn't just about telling jokes, it's about having a sense of humor. It wasn't what they said, but how they said it. It turns out being funny goes a lot deeper than I expected.
So it's no surprise that the Best Kind Comedy Guys basically broke the brain scanner. Just being in the room with them, I couldn't stop laughing. So are some people just born funny, or can it be learned? And how does that lead to a career in comedy? When it comes to comedy in Canada, Newfoundland like abounds. Like we are everywhere in comedy, right? Like, yes, yeah. but Canadians are funny. Let's not forget yeah. that. Okay, yeah. It's like you know, it's like uh, come from away. It's like the guy in Gander said, "What did they think we were going to do? Let him starve to death?" Yeah. And then the, no Newfoundlander would ever make a, a, a musical about that because it just seems so normal. Yeah. And when you think about it, when the, the Blitz was happening in Great Britain, even when they had that dark thing in Toronto, everybody came together. That's mm. human nature. Mm. And I don't know if we are just a little bit more human maybe we are maybe we aren't maybe we're just like everyone else mm -hmm. but i know that in toronto humor is not seen as worth anything really you know what i mean it isn't mm -hmm. like if you're funny who cares you know like it's not but with newfoundlanders like it was expected and the people who got all the attention and all the food yep. and got to sleep inside and everything uh, were funny, right? So you knew that it was like coin of the realm. Yeah, you know, it was something yeah. you had to develop. And actually, when I got in Codco, I, you know, I'm pretty well the least funny person in my family. Like, uh, you know, like everybody in my family does the, uh, what's wrong with you, boy, Mike? I'm only giving you a hard time. And to which my response would be, uh, well, that is what is wrong with me, I guess. You are giving me a hard time and I can't take it. Uh, so I was always the, you know, like yeah. I'm like a bear, yeah. beat it. Yeah. And that's not, uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to be much cooler than that, right? You're supposed yeah. to be able to dish it out and take it. I can. Yeah. Dish it out, yeah. but cannot, in fact, You, take you probably it. got good at reflexively giving it back because you did become extremely funny. Like, you've had a really interesting career. You've done lots of different things. Like, what are some of the highlights that you've had, like, as you've gone along? Oh, boy. Um, mm, mm, mm. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm in that kind of space where I think the highlights are just coming. I think that uh, certainly... Those first couple of years of doing this hour is 22 minutes mm -hmm. when we'd have nothing on Monday and we'd do a live show on Friday and then it would go on the, on the national network on Monday. Yeah. Just getting through that, I mean, like it wasn't like fun, what you call fun. Yeah. Uh, all the, me and Rick and Kathy and Greg, and we didn't have any writers then. Now there's about a thousand writers, but we didn't have any writers that yeah. first year. And so that was pretty, we only have one wig. Yeah. Uh, a blonde wig. Uh, I don't know how we got through that first year. First, we were only supposed to do six, and then the CBC ordered uh, a full season. Yeah. So those are all high points. And then being on the cover of McLean's, but it didn't feel like a high point because I had that kind of thing. I thought, oh, I'm on the cover of McLean's, but when am I going to be on the cover of Time? You know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> a vaunting better. ambition. Yeah. And, yeah. and so there's not a lot of joy in that, you know, because yeah. you're, never, you're never reaching anything. You know, you're never going... You know, they say uh, you'll get what you want when you want what you get. Okay, yeah. And I, I'm trying to embrace that more in my life. And I must say, it's a much happier existence. Yeah. You know, and I find getting older is happier, too, because you're finally getting kind of comfortable with yourself, you mm -hmm. know? Like, mm -hmm. uh, I think old age gets a, a... I know being sick and being not having enough money and, you know... Uh, there's lots of terrible things that can happen. But so far for me, knock on wood, and I can only speak for myself and just for today, I find getting old so much better than being mm -hmm. young. You said, you said something that's like enjoying it even more now. Like yeah. what, what do you get out of making people laugh and being funny or, and working in, in the industry? Wow, I, I uh, you know, there's times that I don't know. It's all I know how to do, and I wouldn't know how to do anything else. And I love the camaraderie. You know, we just finished The Mrs. Downstairs, and we had this mm. fabulous crew, and Dave Sullivan is so funny and so great to work with, and Andy Jones worked with us this year, and Renee Hackett. So, uh, they, you know, they were so brilliant. And uh, Troy Mahar is a young shooter here. Mm -hmm. It's not shooter, like mm -hmm. that kind of shooter. Yeah, yeah. Camera and he's shooter. brilliant. And, you know, and the, the, the lighting people, the design, Anne uh, Christensen is, is our designer. But it's just that all that working together, that, I love that. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I like also time alone now. I like mm. to be alone. Uh, I like to have, you know, uh, what's that called? Quiet time. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not isolation, but um, it begins with an S, but I forget what it is now. Mm. But I like that. I mm -hmm. like that very much. Yeah, and you've yeah. done it. You've been part of a whole bunch of different things, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if somebody wants to add more humor into their life and they just aren't, like, you're you're amazing what you do. You're hilarious. You've probably been funny your whole life and been involved in sort of like being in the mix. But if it's good for people, then how can they add it into their life? I was severely depressed, situationally depressed, yeah. because uh, someone broke up with me. It was really horrible. This was a long time ago. But I couldn't watch anything on TV because everything had emotion in it. Yeah. And it was just like I would just be crying all the time. And, uh, and I could only watch Faulty Towers <laughs> because it is just funny. And yeah. maybe it isn't politically correct. But there are shows out there like Faulty Towers that are just funny. Mm -hmm. And if you need a lift, you know, like, or you could watch Monty Python, some of them, the best of them, oh. like the dead parrot. Like, there's no emotional involvement. You're not going to get caught up thinking, oh, look at them. They're so happy. I'm so miserable. <laughs> it's just funny, right? Yeah. And they just bring that humor to you. And uh, it helps. It really yeah. helps. You watch the Holy Grail, and they're, they're doing the horse with the coconuts. Yeah, and then yeah, they argue yeah. about how the coconut got there. I love that. I know. Oh. All, of, all of their work, really, mm -hmm. is just goes for the joke, right? Yeah. Right. And and it just lifts you up that way because if you are feeling you know, like I was then, like sort of situationally depressed, I couldn't engage on an emotional level. I yeah. couldn't be watching people. I couldn't watch rom-coms or Christmas movies or people finding, you know, their path forward or anything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's well, that's that's something people can do, and they can access that yeah. around uh, people. So. When you think about some of the things that you, you were really funny in, a lot of those embrace the culture here. And they haven't, that's been the case for a lot of other comedians and people from here. Like, how does the Newfoundland culture kind of, why is it so funny? Like, when we talk about the things that happen to us day to day here. Um, I think that people are brought up in that way. And so everybody grows up with the notion that you're supposed to see the funny side of things. But I saw this thing on Jerry. Cherry uh, Seinfeld, Comedians in Cars, and they were talking about comedians being such good actors, and they were both agreeing that so many comedians are such great actors, and it's all timing and stuff like that. And the guy said, but you know what? Actors can't really be comedians. Mm. And he said, because comedians got this little thing in their head where they see the funny side of things, mm. right? And it's like it's, you can't learn it, you just, it just is. And we seem to, as a culture, have that. Do you think having that in our head helps us when we're in those states when we are maybe down and then we turn on comedy and we see it and then it resonates with us and brings us out of that? Is, do you think that's the mechanism? I, I do. Certainly for me, that works for sure. I mean, you know, and I, uh, sometimes I just, sometimes I think that it is a, a terrible thing that we put in between ourselves and our feelings. But sometimes you need a little respite from your feelings, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. your feelings are too deep and too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And comedy, you know, having that little thing in your head or being part of a culture where comedy is not seen as something that could just be thrown away, but it is something that is, uh, you know, held high. And people, uh, you know, uh, have a lot of respect for it mm -hmm. and a lot of time for it. So it's nice to be part Part of that, you yeah. know? Well, it's nice to be a little silly. Sean made me do some silly stuff, and it was good. It felt out of my comfort zone. You can't help but laugh, you know? So being silly, I can I can see that. Now, yeah. there's people that are professionally silly, okay? Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and are in the arts and are, are really funny, but what advice would you have for somebody that might be watching this, like the next generation of comics coming out of the, out of the province? Well, I'll tell you what worked, seems to work, and I mean, this is, uh, you know, I haven't done any, uh, I haven't got my PhD or anything in this, and so I'm only going on, um, I'm only going on, on learned experience, but, um, you know, if you look at Mark Critch was part of a, a sketch comedy troupe called um, Cat Food, Johnny Harris and Steve Cochran were part of a comedy troupe called, uh, 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 Newfoundland Dance Party. Mm -hmm. I was, myself and all the CODCO people, we were part of CODCO. Mm -hmm. uh, Rick Mercer was part of um, Corey and Wade's Playhouse. So mm -hmm. it seems like it'd be good to get yourself a crowd mm -hmm. and do a bit of sketch comedy. And there do seem to be people coming up. There's uh, Bamus and Half Handsome mm -hmm. and Turnip. There, there does, we do seem to come together in that way. Mm -hmm. And in in some, sometimes everybody comes out ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there are other things involved besides being funny, I guess. You gotta yeah. be 
persistent, I guess. That's or true. wanted. Everybody is wanted. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like luck is preparation plus opportunity. There's also that, you know, that luck factor to it to a degree. Yeah. But you listed a lot of, uh, of people there. I noticed there was a lot of guys' names. But, you know, was it, was it a challenge being a woman in the field? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, as a woman, and this is my generation and possibly not true now, but, you know, when I was young, back before the earth hardened, mm -hmm. um, y your role was very clearly defined and it was that you were supposed to support men. Mm -hmm. And if you got in a group, then it was like, you know, you your job was supposed to be to get in behind and play the girl or the nurse or, you know, someone mm -hmm. who was, an uh, you know, affixed to the main character, right? Mm -hmm. But I was pushed, you know, like um, <laughs> we did a movie, or rather Andy and his brother Michael did a movie called Faustus Bidgood. I was involved in it a lot. And it was the 50th anniversary of that movie, and a guy came to interview me about it, and he went, oh, what are your best memories? I went, well, I don't really have any best memories because I thought, why aren't I in that movie more? And I just spent all my time going, you know, I should be in that movie more. Like, I wrote a lot of that movie. Why aren't I, why am I on the girlfriend? You know, yeah. why can't I be a, and, um, and you know, it was like, so I had that. I don't know why, mm -hmm. you know, but, but I did what happened to be lucky enough to get in on the second wave of, feminism, mm -hmm. and I had a very strong mother who basically should have been running IBM, but tragically just ran us. Uh, and uh, so it was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so I wanted, uh, you know, that vaunting ambition thing, which is a curse and a, mm -hmm. a gift. Mm -hmm. um, a lady said to me the other day, said, you know, in my darkest time, I just watch, uh, you know, uh, your stuff, mm -hmm. and it makes me be able to get through it. I thought, oh my God, nobody has ever said, I mean, no, people have said that lots of times, but it takes a long, you need to hear it about a billion times before you ever believe it, because I'm still out there fighting to get in, mm -hmm. like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, and I possibly should maybe turn the page on that and yeah. be all right. You know, I'm really glad you could share that with us today. I mean, any any sort of last advice you have for folks that might be listening and being like, you know, like, I, I need to add more humor in to day-to-day -day life. Ah. Uh, well, you know, um, people are really enjoying Son of a Critch. And, uh, you know, people could watch old uh, old Codco stuff for a laugh, too. Yeah. And uh, Kids in the Hall are back on. I know. I mean, I think that uh, adding a dose of humor, you know, there's there's room for more humor, I think. Yeah. And, and, and maybe not taking humor so seriously. I mean, it's put out there to... Uh, to entertain, to open up to another point of view. And it isn't necessarily your point of view, but take what you need and leave the rest. Well, that's the one and only Mary Walsh. When we come back, we'll track down Sean Majumder at his home in Burlington. We'll be right back after the break. Mary's advice that we shouldn't take things too seriously is something we could all benefit from. Now I've talked to a lot of people that made me laugh, and I need to know if there's hope that one day I could have that impact on others. I need to seek out the master for guidance, although he can be tough to track down. How did you find me? <laughs> it took a while. We're, uh, we're <laughs> you're a hard guy to track down, man. Yeah, I was just saying the name of my uh, glamping business over and over again to try to make myself feel better about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's good. It works. Well, it's a great spot, man. It looks beautiful here. Isn't it? Yeah, so we're in Burlington. Burlington on the rocks that I grew up as a young little tyke. Runner, literally, these were the... These are the oldest rocks in, in probably North America, and it was where I was the youngest rock running around here. My very first experiences with like getting that, yeah. you know, yeah. rural Burlington experience. Yeah. Since then, you've uh, you've traveled though. You've been away. Oh, yeah. dude! I know you found me, of course. But I've been what a, what a bunch of two years it's been, you know, yeah. for the last you know during COVID and everything. So I started in you know I live in Los Angeles now. Yeah. And uh, the past two years, traveling around, left Los Angeles to escape the pandemic. Yeah. 
and then we were like, where are we going to go? Newfoundland, Labrador, no COVID. Yeah. Anywhere. Remember that? In the beginning of the thing, it was like we were holding the record for yeah. like no COVID for 100 days or whatever it was. We travel, we pack up myself, my wife, my new child. We get to Newfoundland. Yeah. We get into our house away from COVID. And then on the news, we turn on the news. One case in Newfoundland and Labrador, and it was Kev up the road here in Burlington. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, what? We, we thought we escaped all the COVID, and we go to where there's no COVID. Kev. I know, man, but that's it. That's it. It got all of us at the end of the day, and it's like changed a lot of stuff. I mean, you've been traveling now. You're on tour, right? Yeah, yeah, on tour. We've got the love tour on the go. I'm doing stand-up, you know, and stand-up has been a good way to kind of manage a mm -hmm. lot of the stresses that have come with the last two years i'll yeah. tell you yeah you know being on stage i think not just for me but also for the audience people are dying to get out yeah and get into an audience and kind of laugh with a group of people again yeah there's something so therapeutic about it and something that's that's really cool and you know what also i feel is that not only is it therapeutic for the audience but for me, where I've not been able to do any stand-up for yeah. the last two years, right. I haven't been able to go out and make people laugh because yeah. nobody's been able to gather in, in, you know, in, in, in theaters and stuff. So for me, there is also an understanding that I'm a little rusty. Yeah. You haven't been around human beings for a while. Yeah. So we're all in this together. Yeah. And it kind of is a great feeling. I've done it now for the last, you know, for the last summer and, you know, it's been cool to see the reaction, but people are dying to laugh right now. Well, you've been back home too, and a lot of your, your comedy comes from like situations here in the province. I mean, why do you think people find it so funny when we talk about Newfoundland, like not just here, yeah. but like when you go across everywhere? Like, Yeah, yeah, why, why are Newfoundlanders so funny? You know, yeah. I keep hearing that yeah. a lot everywhere I go. And uh, Newfoundland, it, it's not a normal um, kind of like subculture to Canada it's very it's it's so distinct and so unique uh that makes it so beautiful but Newfoundland and Labrador has always been so distinct without trying yeah um you know because of the history obviously and uh but because of the ge geology and the kind of just just the situation where we're located yeah. in relation to the rest of the world yeah and so here we are in Burlington right where people didn't really know that it even existed for so long, yeah. you know, and thankfully because of, you know, a lot of the work I've been doing and a lot, not just me, but, but a lot of people like Rex Gowdy when yeah. he was on, you know, Canadian Idol, put kind of Burlington into under spotlight. Mm -hmm. Now people come here and they're like, whoa, this is away from everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, there's so many places, there are so many places that are away from everything in Newfoundland. Yeah. St. John's gets all the kind of limelight. Yeah. But it's really, for me, when, when you talk about culture and you talk about humor and you talk about, you know, that experience, rural is, is where it's at. And that, there's so many, you know, whether it's the dialects, yeah. whether it's the, the different, you know, you know, food, kind of the treatments of different food, yeah. whether it's the South Shore versus the Avalon versus, you know, up around Notre Dame Bay and Twillingate and everywhere is different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so when you're talking about Newfoundland, sense of humor is also what keeps everybody alive. Well, I was going to say, it's pretty small town vibes around here, but it seems like the majority of people in Newfoundland, I've been to weddings before where somebody gets a scripted out speech and like, they're like trying to be funny and then they just fall flat because they're not from there. But then somebody gets yeah. from the family and just is funny. Like what makes something funny and why are we able to capture that? Well, I think Newfoundland's perspective, people from Newfoundland, their perspective due to, you know, back in the day with economic hardships, mm -hmm. you know, kind of always been the runt of the litter, according to Canadian kind of uh, culture back in the day, no longer. But, you know, I think in the 80s and 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. there seemed to be that perspective with the Newfie joke and all that, you know. So there's, there's always been a self-deprecating kind of perspective, but um, we've always been able to go, no, 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 no. We, we are not that. Yeah. And through our humor, you will see that we're actually some of the smartest people in the country. Uh, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. We know the value of laughter. Yeah. And the value of laughter is not something that's conscious. It is what it is. You go around any dinner table, uh, and I mean dinner. I don't mean lunch. I mean dinner. <laughs> dinner table, not supper. Yeah. Uh, 
you go around any of those tables and you have family, if they're not in a fight, yeah. uh, that even when they are in a fight, <laughs> they are cracking wise and tearing each other apart in the funniest way possible. Yeah. And and it's it's so awesome. Uh, and it there's a bit of a survival thing going on with that. You know, yeah. the use of humor amongst people in rural communities and obviously St. John's as well. But yeah. but you know what I mean. I feel like. It, it's just the way people breathe. People breathe that perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Sean Majumder. When we come back, he'll take me on an adventure to find my sense of humor and teach me all about laugh yoga. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with actor and comedian Sean Majumder, learning more about how laughter might just be the best medicine. Let's check it out. How do you think humor impacts? Like, what do you get out of it when you're on stage and making people laugh? What do you think people who are watching your, your, your shows get out of it as well? Well, I think, you know, the, the act of laughter, that unconscious thing that happens, that to aliens, if aliens came and saw, would be like, uh-oh, that person is sick. There's something bad because think about what it is. Like, look at you. You're kind of like you're making this funny noise. Yeah. You know, your face changes, it distorts, <laughs> and you shake a little. Like that's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong with you? Right? It's such yeah. a strange thing that yeah. we have as human beings that sets us apart. Mm -hmm. And this is an internet. You know, this is like a universal yeah. thing. But I find that humor, you know, given the last two years that we've had. And even still, you know, there's still pockets of it. But but humor really is challenged by stress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to, to be able to have a perspective that allows you to access laughter inside of yourself. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, you don't know when you're going to be able to see your family again. You don't know when the job is coming. You don't know if I'm going to be able to get out and work. Yeah. Um, you don't know when you hear someone cough next to you at an airport, is that going to kill me? <laughs> I mean, you know, we've had these things happen to us. And, you know, I find for me as somebody who has always been able to laugh, the last two years have been challenging mm. to be able to laugh and find ways to find that perspective. So unless I'm feeling positive and unless I'm feeling grounded and unless I'm feeling not stressed, yep. humor is hard to come by. So, man, were you, like, born funny, or can somebody learn to be funny? Like, can I learn right. to be funny? Right, right. <laughs> I know, I know, it is weird. I think we're all born funny, Yeah. right? Uh, but uh, it's, it's also a matter of perspective, because I was, uh, if someone would say I was born funny, my mom would say I was born annoying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, as a young kid, yeah. my mom would always say stuff to me, like, oh, my God, Sean, will you go out by the wharf and wait for a big wave to come along? <laughs> You're driving me nuts. You know what I mean? Because I was being funny, right. you know? But are you born funny? It's a good question. And can you learn to be funny? Well, I, I, I find funny is more uh, kind of a, um, it's a way of seeing the world, right? It's your perspective in the world. Yeah. And so you think about some of the funniest people in the world when you watch them do stand-up or when you watch them on the way that they act or even your friends that you're like, Oh my God, how do you see the world that way? Yeah. So it is a, about how you see the world, yeah. right? My daughter is now telling jokes. Yeah. She's two and a half. Yeah. And I taught her a joke. And uh, it's because we were driving by a cemetery one day. And uh, she's learning the word cemetery. Yeah. And then I said, kind of like unknowingly, Yeah. I said, uh, Mattis, you know who lives there? She's like, who? I said, dead people. <laughs> and the fact that I said, Who's who lives there? Yeah. Or I go, who lives there? She goes, dead people. That's technically that is a joke, and that is technically funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I taught her. I'm like, that's a joke because mm -hmm. dead people don't live. Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, and there's a fun play on words there, but but that's kind of just a perspective. Yeah. And she's telling jokes, so it's so it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. But but but. But I know one thing that's not complicated is, you know, these past two years have been some of the most unfunny yeah. for a person like myself who has always seen the world through a humorous 
like full of life, happy, positive, optimistic. Those words always kind of allow me to access my humor. Yes. But it was shut down, man. Mm. I was stressed. This has been the hardest time yeah. in my life, personally. Um, whether it be because I had to leave Los Angeles where everything was going really well. Yeah. COVID hit. I just had a new baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Where's the next job coming now? Mm -hmm. Where are we going to go? Let's go to Newfoundland. We came here. Uh, didn't know what was going to happen. Then we had another baby. Yeah. But the stresses were really high. Yeah. And uh, my sense of humor was not. Even my wife was like, what happened to you? Why are you you're so serious all the time? Yeah. Trying to survive, right. you know? I think, I think everybody was like that. It was a really trying time for people, but is that why you decided to come home and be here so you can sort of recharge? Well, I do find that in my most stressful times when I'm in Los Angeles, and I've said this to my wife, I have these flashes. Mm -hmm. And the flashes are moments like sitting on a rock like this mm -hmm. in Burlington mm -hmm. or being you know, somewhere in Newfoundland and being quiet and hearing that crow, hearing the chickadee, dee, 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 dees, mm -hmm. um, having flashbacks of where I found my happiest days, yeah. you know, back in the day when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a sense of contentment. And I find that coming back here mm -hmm. can be incredibly de-stressing, mm -hmm. but it can also raise the stress levels too. Cause I just got back, for example, you leave your house over the winter. Yeah. And uh, this spring when I came back, uh, one of the water pipes was busted in my house. Slightly stressful? Very stressful. <laughs> yeah. Now what am I going to do? So yeah. I was only left to go to one place. I've got another place that I go to that I don't tell a lot of people about. Okay. But it's my, it's my cabins. I got these cabins that are a little further away. Yeah. And if you want to de-stress, Mike, are you feeling like you need to? I think so. Well, you're going to need a sense of humor for the ride out there anyways. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. You got it? I trust you, I suppose. Trust yeah. me. We're going to go out, and that's going to be... The real de-stressor. Okay. okay, perfect. Let's, Let's do it. Let's go. Which way? You got a helmet? Uh, sure. Do you have insurance? Uh, Life what? insurance? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about, uh, are you, is your spine intact? Not really, actually. You got any loose bones? You got any? A few uh, of them too, yeah. Okay. I'm 44, man. Either yeah. way, we'll strap it down. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Being down on the beach in Burlington definitely takes away the stress of day-to-day -day life. But for Sean's idea of a getaway, we had to go a little further. So yeah, you got any dentures in your mouth? Not dentures. No, no dentures. Okay. Loose bones. How's your short. sphincter? Uh, I don't Tight? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Have you been doing your Kegel exercise? I have been doing my Kegels, okay, yeah. Okay, well that's good. Lots of core work. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to need it on this trip. Okay. Very relaxing. I found it already. This is gorgeous, man. This, this is, is like the place to be. I need this for my own personal self. Like, you know, no matter what or where I am in the world, yeah. you know, when I get to come back here from a stress level perspective, yeah. yes, that road can be a little bumpy. And yes, even when I'm bringing the family out, it can be really stressful. Yeah. But once you get here and you just, shh, listen. We have a sound machine that we put our babies to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's wait. this sound yeah. for relaxation. So 
this place is a place that allows me to totally decompress, open up all my channels to positivity and optimism, and then I can get back to trying to be funny if I, if that's what my next thing is. I, it is really relaxing out here. Isn't it? Do. I trusted you on the drive, by the way. I don't think you did. A little bit. No, little I don't bit. think You're you did. You were, you were pinching my leg and it was grabbing <laughs> me and you were asking your crew to get you I out of there. I don't remember. They a lot of that. stuff you didn't see. I didn't remember. Just that. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take this even up another notch if okay. you want to. Sure. Okay? Yeah. This is a little exercise. Something that's going to make you feel even better than you ever had before. Okay. I'm off. A little thing called laugh yoga. You ever hear of it? No, man. Let's go. Let's what? do it. All right. You feel it? Put yeah. all your air in your belly. Okay, now take a deep breath in, okay. and then raise your arms up high over your head. Ready? Deep breath in, high up, and then let it out. Ready? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Shake your body. Shake <laughs> your body like you're evil. Okay, ready? Deep breath in. Okay. Ready? Bend over. Ready? Deep in. <laughs> it turns out laughter can improve our health and be a cure for stress in our day-to-day -day lives. You don't have to be funny to laugh with your friends and family. You just have to be around positive people and keep an open mind. So if you're looking for a new remedy, it turns out laughter might just be the best medicine. One more job, ready? <laughs> See, you got it! You got it! I got it. We did it! You feel better? I feel better, man. Great. Yeah. Give me a ride back and then I won't feel better. <laughs> Welcome back, we're here with actor and comedian Sean Majumder, learning more about how laughter might just be the best medicine. Let's check it out. How do you think humor impacts, like what do you get out of it when you're on stage and making people laugh? What do you think people who are watching your, your, your shows get out of it as well? Well, I think, you know, the, the act of laughter, that unconscious thing that happens, that to aliens, if aliens came and saw, would be like, uh-oh, that person is sick, there's something bad because think about what it is like look at you you're kind of like you're making this funny noise yeah you know your face changes it distorts <laughs> and you shake a little like that's like oh my gosh are you okay what's wrong with you right it's such yeah. a strange thing that yeah. we have as human beings that sets us apart mm -hmm. and this is an internet you know this is like a universal yeah thing but i find that humor you know given the last two years that we've had and even still, you know, there's still pockets of it. But but humor really is challenged by stress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to, to be able to have a perspective that allows you to access laughter inside of yourself yeah. uh, when, you know, you don't know when you're going to be able to see your family again. You don't know when the job is coming. You don't know if I'm going to be able to get out and work. Yeah. Um, you don't know when you hear someone cough next to you at an airport, is that going to kill me? <laughs> I mean, you know, we've had these things happen to us. And, you know, I find for me as somebody who has always been able to laugh, the last two years have been challenging mm. to be able to laugh and find ways to find that perspective. So unless I'm feeling positive and unless I'm feeling grounded and unless I'm feeling not stressed, yep. humor is hard to come by. So man, were you like born funny or can somebody learn to be funny? Like, can I learn right. to be funny? Right, right. <laughs> I know, I know it is weird. It's, I think we're all born funny, Yeah. right? Uh, but uh, it's, it's also a matter of perspective because I was, uh, if some would say I was born funny, my mom would say I was born annoying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like as a young kid, yeah. my mom would always say stuff to me like, oh my God, Sean, will you go out by the wharf and wait for a big wave to come along? <laughs> You're driving me nuts. You know what I mean? because I was being funny, right. you know? But are you born funny? It's a good question. And can you learn to be funny? Well, I, I, I find funny is more uh, kind of a, um, it's a way of seeing the world, right? It's your perspective in the world. Yeah. And so you think about some of the funniest people in the world when you watch them do stand up or when you watch them on the way that they act or even your friends that you're like, Oh my God, how do you see the world that way? Yeah. So it is a, about how you see the world, yeah. right? My daughter is now telling jokes. Yeah. She's two and a half. Yeah. 
and I taught her a joke. And uh, it's because we were driving by a cemetery one day and uh, she's learning the word cemetery. Yeah. And then I said, kind of like unknowingly, Yeah. I said, uh, Mattis, you know who lives there? She's like, who? I said, dead people. <laughs> and the fact that I said, Who's, who lives there? Yeah. Or, I go, who lives there? She goes, dead people. That's technically, that is a joke. And that is technically funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I taught her, I'm like, that's a joke. Because mm -hmm. dead people don't live. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, and there's a fun play on words there. But, but that's kind of just a perspective. Yeah. And she's telling jokes. So it's, so it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. But, 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 but I know one thing that's not complicated is, you know, these past two years have been some of the most unfunny for a person like myself who has always seen the world through a humorous, like full of life, happy, positive, optimistic, those words always kind of allow me to access my humor. Yeah. But it was shut down, man. Mm. I was stressed. This has been the hardest time yeah. in my life, personally, um, whether it be because I had to leave Los Angeles where everything was going really well, yeah. COVID hit. I just had a new baby. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, where's the next job coming now? Mm -hmm. Where are we gonna go? Let's go to Newfoundland. We came here, uh, didn't know what was gonna happen. Then we had another baby. Yeah. But the stresses were really high. Yeah. And uh, my sense of humor was not, even my wife was like, what happened to you? Why are you you're so serious all the time? Yeah. Trying to survive, right. you know? I think I think everybody was like that. It was a really trying time for people, but is that why you decided to come home and be here so you can sort of recharge? Well, I do find that in my most stressful times when I'm in Los Angeles, and I've said this to my wife, I have these flashes. Mm -hmm. And the flashes are moments like sitting on a rock like this mm -hmm. in Burlington mm -hmm. or being, you know, somewhere in Newfoundland and being quiet and hearing that crow, hearing the chickadee, dee, 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 dees, mm -hmm. um, having flashbacks of where I found my happiest days, yeah. you know, back in the day when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a sense of contentment. And I find that coming back here mm -hmm. can be incredibly de-stressing, mm -hmm. but it can also raise the stress levels too. Cause I just got back, for example, you leave your house over the winter. Yeah. And uh, this spring when I came back, uh, one of the water pipes was busted in my house. Slightly stressful. Very stressful. <laughs> yeah. Now what am I going to do? So yeah. I was only left to go to one place. I've got another place that I go to that I don't tell a lot of people about. Okay. But it's my, it's my cabins. I got these cabins that are a little further away. Yeah. And if you want to de-stress, Mike, are you feeling like you need to? I think so. Well, you're going to need a sense of humor for the ride out there anyways. Okay. Sounds good. You got it? I trust you, I suppose. Trust yeah. me. We're going to go out and that's going to be... The real de-stresser. Okay. okay, perfect. Let's Come do on. it. Let's go. Which way? You got a helmet? Uh, sure. Do you have insurance? Uh, Life what? insurance? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about, uh, are you, is your spine intact? Not really, actually. You got any loose bones? You got any? A few uh, of them too, yeah. Okay. I'm 44, man. Either yeah. way, we'll strap it down. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Being down on the beach in Burlington definitely takes away the stress of day-to-day -day life. But for Sean's idea of a getaway, we had to go a little further. So yeah, you got any dentures in your mouth? Not dentures. No, no dentures. Okay. Loose bones. How's your sure. sphincter? Uh, I don't Tight? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Have you been doing your Kegel exercise? I have been doing my Kegels, okay. yeah. Okay, well that's good. Lots of core work, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to need it on this trip. Okay. Very relaxing. I found it already.
Sticks on? Feeling that? Yeah, I'm feeling it. You feeling that? Feeling my heartbeat after that? Feel relaxed now? No. <laughs> he almost killed me. But look, we're laughing. Oh, I know. We're laughing. True, we man. found the humor. Yeah, you're right, man. Right? That's we true. did it. We yeah, did it, good, baby. Yeah, uh, no, it's perfect. This is gorgeous, man. This, this is, is like the place to be. I need this for my own personal self. Like, you know, no matter what or where I am in the world, yeah. you know, when I get to come back here from a stress level perspective, yeah. yes, that road can be a little bumpy. And yes, even when I'm bringing the family out, it can be really stressful. Yeah. But once you get here and you just shh, listen. We have a sound machine that we put our babies to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's wait. this sound. Yeah. For relaxation. So this place is a place that allows me to totally decompress, open up all my channels to positivity and optimism. And then I can get back to trying to be funny if I, if that's what my next thing is. I, it is really relaxing out here. What Isn't it? I trusted you on the drive, by the way. I don't think you did. A little bit. No, little I don't bit. think You're you did. You were, you were pinching my leg and I was grabbing <laughs> me and you were asking your crew to get you I out of there. I don't remember the A lot of stuff you didn't see. I didn't remember it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take this even up another notch if okay. you want to. Sure. Okay? Yeah. This is a little exercise. Something that's going to make you feel even better than you ever had before. Okay. I'm off. A little thing called laugh yoga. You ever hear of it? No, man. Let's go. Let's what? do it. All right. You feel it? Put yeah. all your air in your belly. Okay, now take a deep breath in, okay. and then raise your arms up high over your head. Ready? Deep breath in, high up, and then let it out. Ready? Ah! <laughs> Shake your body. <laughs> Shake your body like you're evil. Okay, ready? Deep breath in. Okay. Ready? Bend over. Ready? Deep in. <laughs> it turns out laughter can improve our health and be a cure for stress in our day-to-day -day lives. You don't have to be funny to laugh with your friends and family. You just have to be around positive people and keep an open mind. So if you're looking for a new remedy, it turns out laughter might just be the best medicine. One more time, ready? Okay. <laughs> See, you got it! You got it! I got it. We did it! You feel better? I feel better, man. Great. Yeah. Give me a ride back and then I won't feel better. <laughs> oh! <laughs>